What's up, Drop Pod listeners? As always, you can listen to the Drop Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Pods. We are now on Amazon Music, Audible, and Pandora as well. New podcasts drop every Wednesday. You can also find all of our content on YouTube at The Drop Golf Podcast and on our socials. That's Instagram and Twitter at The Drop underscore pod. No matter how you consume us, like, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. Follow and listen along. This episode is sponsored by the Law Office of Mallon and Tranger. Tom Mallon and Randy Tranger are board certified trial attorneys who share more than 40 years of legal experience. They specialize in personal injury matters, workers' compensation cases, and criminal and municipal defense. As certified trial attorneys, they have recovered millions of dollars on behalf of people injured in accidents and employees injured at work. They have offices conveniently located in Freehold and Point Pleasant. For skilled and personalized legal representation, call Mallon and Tranger at 732-780-0230 or check out their website at tmallonlaw.com. Not only are they good people, they're good golfers too. And one quick thing to just to put the cherry on the cake here is, is that the right saying? Cherry on the cake? This is the Drop Podcast where we talk golfing in the Garden State. I'm Mike Poro and this is Ryan Kulat. What's up everyone? Welcome back for another great week. We got a really cool show for you this week, but before we get started, we have some breaking news. For the first time ever, We have limited edition The Drop Podcast polos, live and ready for purchase. You can pre-order at flukeapparelco.com and choose from any of the three designs listed on their website. With each polo purchase, we are donating $5 to the Jersey Shore First Tee program. Go order a great polo for an even better cause. You don't want to miss this exclusive offer. It's not going to last forever. Now, make sure you stick around And listen to this week's guest, Senior Director of LPGA Properties, Scott Wood. We had a chance to meet Scott at the Founders Cup Media Day a few weeks ago, uh, and he was nice enough to take some time out of his extremely busy schedule to meet with us, chat with us for a little while. It was awesome getting to know him a little bit better. The Founders Cup is an LPGA Tour event dedicated to the 13 founders of the LPGA Tour, And it's being played this week at Upper Montclair Country Club. So make sure you stick around for Scott and tune in this week to the Founders Cup on Golf Channel. All right, Mike, let's start there. Let's start with the media day stuff. We'll kind of of roll right in. I think that's a good good transition there. I mean, I I can do more so talking about what the media day was like, but but you're you're our behind-the-scenes guy. How How did media day... How did our invitation to this media day come about? It's our first one. You know, we're, we're small, but tell us how it happened. Yeah, I think it's just like a lot of things that you just get connected with the right people. Invitations start to be like, hey, if you're available, we'd love to have you guys out here. Um, we love what you're doing. You know, the, the growth that you guys have had is is been amazing. So one thing led to another and the dates worked out perfect for us. So we went up there and, and like you and I were talking about going up there, we had no clue what we were walking into. Like we didn't know, you know, what did we need to bring anything? Were, were we going to have the opportunity to ask some questions? So we got connected with the right people and, and you know, thank you to, to Kim Brem and thank you to Julie Peluso because they were, you know, two people behind the scenes that kind of steerheaded us to, to this event. And I think once we got to the event, 
more doors started to open. We met this person, we met that person, we exchanged phone numbers. And I know we had been teasing a little bit, you know, maybe a week or two ago that big things were happening. And, and, and this was one of them, being invited to a, a LPGA media day right here in New Jersey, you know, is a, is a huge step for us in the right direction. Because like we've been saying way back since October 12th when we launched this puppy, is we're trying to bring light to all things golf in the Garden State. And it's not just playing golf, it's also talking golf, but it's also experiencing all things golf. So this just was another avenue that we were able to go down to see what it's like, to see another phenomenal golf course. And you saw the setup being being put together there. I think Upper Montclair is a perfect, perfect golf course for, for the LPGA Tour to go out there and, and to see, to play. Um, so if you have time tomorrow or this weekend for Mother's Day, like that is a great, great spot to go walk around, see, visit, experience. It, it's probably a must for, for anybody that has the time. Yeah, I mean, we, we had talked about, with Brad Tilly, we talked about Mountain Ridge. And for me, that was the first time I ever heard about Mountain Ridge. So that, that's kind of where, you know, we didn't want to give anything away, but that's kind of where we were going with that. And we got to see Upper Montclair. Up, Upper Montclair was absolutely stunning. I think it was your first time up there as well. It was, it was definitely mine. And, and it was... I mean, what a setup. They got 27 holes there, so you got space to, to host a tournament. They play they play the same 18. You know how like when the PGA goes to Ridgewood, they play different holes from each of the three. They kind of have it set up there. They're not doing that. They're playing like nine and nine, but they are rearranging some of the holes. And then the other nine, you got room for for stuff, you know, for for tense experiences. You got to make room, obviously, for the players for the driving range and stuff. So, in an area that is so compact with people on Route Three, there just outside the city, to to be able to have that location with with the possibility of having all of those people there, but also having the room to you know host an event like this, they got they got a dynamite place, and it was really cool for us experiencing that. Um, experiencing what a media day is like, you know, the announcements, the cameras, you know, this, that, and the other. I thought it was, I thought it was a really cool experience. And as you said, we've been so fortunate to be connected with so many great people and then to connect with so many other great people there. It was, it was really a, really a terrific experience. I look forward to doing more of those because it was, it was, it was really cool and really exciting to be a part of. Yeah, I mean, and, and the people that we got to meet while we're there were amazingly, again, welcoming in so many respects. I know we've said it often, but even, you know, more or less random people to us that we've never met, there were open arms, you know, connecting and, and saying, listen, we'd love to, to do some things together with you guys. So the whole experience in a, in a nutshell was just like, you know, overwhelming. And then the idea that you and I got to go experience the golf course afterwards and go play 18 holes was, was another huge plus, you know, you know, we were fortunate to have a caddy out there with us who was, who was showing us the ropes. Um, we met two phenomenal guys along the way. So it was just like all in all, like you left there saying like they did it right. And I think that's one of the things that you'll hear when we speak to Scott about the whole Cognizant experience at Upper Montclair and how, you know, his team puts together this event. 
you know, it was definitely first class and, and definitely top notch. No, no doubt there. No doubt. Yeah. So it was, it was a great day overall and, and make sure you go check it out. It's a professional golf tournament that's being held in New Jersey. That's kind of right up our alley. That's the top of what we're looking to do, golfing in the Garden State. Um, so go check it out. It's on the Golf Channel Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And it, while it's not a major, it is a, a, real big, a, a real big part of the LPGA Tour, you know, de- a tournament dedicated to their, to their 13 founders. So, so make sure you check it out. And just one more thing to put icing on the cake here. Kudos to Cognizant, kudos to Upper Montclair, and kudos to Scott Wood for using one of their two sponsors' exemptions and inviting Katie Lou. Um, Katie Lou is, is a Division I golfer from here at home in New Jersey. She plays up at Michigan State. You know, she has aspirations to get on the LPGA Tour when college is over. And, and she'll be able to go out there and experience firsthand an LPGA tournament to see what it's like in front of her friends, family, at home. So kudos to them to to finding someone at home, being afforded this opportunity to kind of experience that. So that was one thing I did want to harp on that most of the times you hear sponsors exemptions, there goes they go to big name people that may bring in more, you know, outside, you know, national type presence. They stuck to the roots here in New Jersey, and, and I give them a lot of credit for doing that. Uh, f- for sure, Mike. And Katie, if you're listening to this, you're certainly welcome to come on the podcast anytime and talk a little golfing in the Garden State. All County Exteriors is a third-generation, premier exterior home remodeling company celebrating over 40 years in business. In a remodeling world where the average remodeling company only survives in business for only five years, All County Exteriors has stood the test of time, providing their customers with top quality roofing, siding, windows, and doors. They service homeowners and builders with anything from small repairs to large additions. All County Exteriors is not just limited to construction. They have a deep passion for giving back to their community and are charitable supporters of the Make-A-Wish Foundation, the American Cancer Society, Roofs for Troops, and Parents of Autistic Children. If you have planned to do any exterior remodeling, call the experts at All County Exteriors for a free, no-obligation estimate for your project. Just call 732-370-2780 or email them at info at allcountyonline.com. That's 732-370-2780 for All County Exteriors for all your remodeling needs. All right, so let's move on to uh, to something that hits a little bit more home for us, the New Jersey four ball. We talked to, uh, last couple weeks, we talked to Pat Wilson and we talked to Brad Tilly. They're playing in the USGA four ball. But as we said last week with Brad, Mike and his partner Austin Devereaux played or tried to qualify for the New Jersey four ball. And they did it. So Mike, first... Congratulations. Uh, I was following along. I had I put out the, I know you were busy, uh, normally our social media guy, but I, you know, I tried to put some things out there so people could follow. So first, congrats, you and Austin, great job. Uh, tell us about the experience, what's, what's next for you, all things, all things NJ four ball qualifier here. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, listen, it was, it was a tough, tough day, and anybody that was out there, um, and I know I spoke to a few other you know, 
people that follow the podcast, that listen to the podcast, you know, we were DMing back and forth talking about the conditions because it was two different waves, it sounded like. The morning shift or, or the morning crowd that got out put up some numbers. I mean, kudos to, to, to the guys that went eight under um, in the morning round. Another group went five under. Another group went four under. So clearly in the morning, it was a completely different golf course and weather-wise than what Austin and I saw, you know, being the last tee time of the day. Because by the time we got out there, it was freezing. It was raining. It was windy. It felt like a completely different golf course than what the, you know, officials were talking about in the morning. You know, it was one minute the umbrella was out, the wool hat was on. The next minute you thought the sun was going to peak out and two seconds later now it's raining. So it was, the conditions were extremely difficult and I can't lie, the pin locations on some holes were very, very hard. Um, some people even would DM me and ask, like, do you think they were, you know, a little unfair to some extent? And they were tough. I, I can't lie. There was a couple times that, like, if you had, like, a three-footer or a sl slider, like, that thing could roll another 10 feet by if you just missed it. So I, I couldn't say it was unfair um, because you'd like to think that's not the case, but they were definitely some question marks out there, um, nonetheless, with the conditions of the day. But my partner played very well, all things considered. I don't think it was, like, a, a lights-out day for him. Um, and, you know... Playing second fiddle is a nice, nice thing to be. You know, it's like <laughs> I at times I can go out there and just play my golf ball and contribute here and there when I could. And I didn't think I hit the ball poorly, um, but I putt it horrifically. Um, but I did just enough that when he needed me, I I came through. Yeah, I know that's was something you were talking about. Like, hey, I can just I, I can just go play golf because Austin is that good that you can just kind of ride the coattails and. And I know you were modestly saying, I hope that you can contribute one or two holes. And from what we talked about, it sounded like you did more than that. You know, it seemed like you you made that par to allow him to, you know, attack a birdie putt, maybe a little more aggressively knowing you're in for four and, and this is kind of like a bonus or, you know, those kind of things. So I think that that's, that's the ham and egg that you need. So how did what did, what was your what was your score there? How did that work out for you? Yeah, so there was a few times where, you know, like, um, it was funny because I want to say it was like, maybe it was like the 16th hole there. I hit a good drive down the middle and he had hooked it left into the trees. And he had said to me, he's like, oh, I got a shot. So don't, don't worry about it. Just hit a good one. Um, so I'm not me knowing that he's a very good player. He's saying that takes a little bit of pressure on me that I can just, again, freewheel it. So I hit a very good shot for, for me. I hit it to about 15 feet just below the pin. And after I hit it, he says, I didn't want to tell you, but I have no shot over here. So I didn't want to put any pressure on you. So I got nothing. <laughs> so it was, it was comforting that he didn't say that ahead of time to put more pressure on me because, you know, in that situation, he ended up making a bogey and I made a par with that. So it helped. But, you know, I think I finished with like 77-ish in that ballpark, 70, somewhere like that. Um, I think it was just a solid ball striking day. I didn't make any birdies. I didn't make any putts. Um, I think Austin made two birdies and we made one bogey as a team to finish, um, one under par. And I think like anybody knows in all qualifying events, the goal is just to get in, you know, because once you get in, everything resets and that's ultimately the goal. Um, so we were fortunate to do that. And, you know, now we get to go play it at, you know, Hamilton farm, you know, and it's funny because we know 
and we've had a few guests on from Hamilton Farms specifically. You want to talk about all the way back to Nick Bova early on. We had Marcus Stanza on. Just recently, we had Pat Wilson. So you got a lot of Hamilton Farm connections out there. So you'd like to see what happens with, with the big boys, you know? So we get to go out there on May 16th and, and kind of see how it goes. And if I can contribute a little more than I did last time, you know, who knows? Maybe we can get into match play. Sounds like it'll only be better with, with conditions because, I mean, as you said, you got the wool hat on, you got the rain gear on, you got the, you know, then you got the rain gear off and you're just kind of tough to get in any kind of rhythm when you're having trouble getting the rhythm of, of taking various layers of rain gear on and off is, is not the rhythm you want on a golf day. No, and, and thankfully, you know, like I'd like to say, and one of the things I was talking with Austin when we were walking that day is, is one of my strengths is driving the golf ball. Now, I'd be the first one to admit it. I don't drive it the way or as far as these guys do. Um, but I'd like to think that like I'm 245 in the air, maybe 265 with rollout consistently in the fairway. So like in tough conditions like that, when you're not worrying about thick, wet, rough and the balls in the fairway, it gives me, someone like myself, a little more opportunities to to help out, more or less. Um, whereas these guys hit the ball so far. Because um, I can give you another example. On a par 3, it was playing like 208 up the hill. The wind was coming in our face and the rain was coming down. And Austin and I, we decided that I would always tee off first. He's the better golfer. Put the, put the pressure on him in case I mess up. That on this par 3... Uh, he's asking me, what are you going to hit? And I'm saying, I got to hit three wood, dude. I'm thinking it's got to be like 225, 230 up the hill, you know, like all things considered. And I hit three wood and I put it right up there on a the fringe, uh, you know, and these guys are banging five irons. So it was like, again, like <laughs> a different world for someone like me who even thinks that like I can play a little bit. But then, like, when you start to play in these events, you know. You can play more than a little bit. I know that you like to say you bunt it around, but, but, with your index and you're you're a, a constant 70s golfer you're a good golfer right and and to 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 our audience and maybe to some other people like that's solid but when you start stepping up to the next level into your into that realm i get right that. that's where you kind of someone like me needs to be you get humbled because you go from thinking like you said you can really slap it around to then it's like okay these guys golf and you're just grinding sometimes and like there's times where like I'm grinding over like a seven footer for par, whereas these guys are tapping in for par. And that's sometimes the difference in that next level. And I think when Brad talked about that a lot too, is like the grinding aspect of things is a lot different for someone at his level than mine. And, and I think, you know, being in that environment, you, the, the juices get flowing. I was nervous on the first tee, you know, I'm the first one to go off in the group. And when you hit a good shot, then it's like, all right, dude, you, you, you can do it a little bit. So <laughs> all in all, listen, good day. I'm excited to get out there. And, you know, it's it's nice. We I saw in our group and our foursome, we're paired with Corey Brigham, um, episode three's guest way back when, and his partner. So that'll be fun to go tee it up with him and kind of see what it's like out there. Is he our first guest, Mike? I think Corey was our first guest. Very he, was the, he, was our, he was our first ever guest. So, you know, he, he DM'd me and said, like, you know, did you see the foursome? Did you see our group for the, for the tournament? I said, I did. I said, I'm excited to get going. I said, I don't embarrass myself with you guys. Um, yeah, so it's funny because you see a lot of the names in there and they're like, man, it's, it's just exciting just 
having that opportunity to go play with them and, you know, having a great partner is a great, just, you know, relaxer to the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, I'll, uh, again, we just invited Katie Lou on. Corey for 200, please. I'll, I'll take Corey for 200. <laughs> you coming on again? After, before, whichever day you want. Let's make it happen. But that, that's really cool. So that's coming up next week. May 16th is, is, is the opening, is, is the first day. Is, so we're, is, we're, is the stroke play. Is the stroke play. So we'll, uh, we'll have a recap for you after it's all done. But, but we'll kind of, you know, talk about it here. Get ready next week for Mike, and then at the week after, so episode thirty-three, we'll have uh, we'll have some stuff for you on how Mike did. But follow along, like I said, we'll be putting stuff out on on our socials, Instagram at the Drop underscore Pod, and uh, and we'll you know do our best to follow along with how Mike's doing. Mike, maybe we can uh, maybe we could live stream it, right? How about yeah. that? How about you? How about you? We'll get. We'll get somebody out there just to whoever you, your caddy. That's who it is. Your caddy will live stream the event, uh, and and that'll force you to do a little more work on the club selection. But I think that's what we do. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, we should get that. We should get the AirPods, and and we can have a little call-in section. We can have yeah. a little CBS telecast as we're going, and <laughs> and you can kind of talk to me as we're going, and and I can explain what we're doing. <laughs> That would be tremendous, actually. That would be, that would be incredible. Um, all right. Well, Mike, best of luck to you and Austin. If, if you know, I'm sure that won't be the last time I say it to you guys. But knowing Austin, you know, a little bit, he's a great kid. Obviously, I, I, I think pretty decently of you. So hope you guys do well. Matara's Italian Market and Catering Company is located in the heart of Rutherford, New Jersey at 72 Park Avenue and has everything you need for an authentic Italian table. Recently celebrating its 10-year anniversary, Matara's Italian Market brings all your senses alive as you walk in the door. Imported retail products, cheeses and cold cuts, freshly baked bread, and the creamiest fresh mozzarella. All can be ordered on the Matara's On Park app and Apple and Google stores. Above the market, a private space called The Loft can be reserved for intimate family parties all the way to corporate events. So give them a follow on Instagram at Matara's Italian Market. Stop by and say ciao, Matara's. You walk in a stranger, leave his family. One of the things that we, when we were at Media Day, they asked Katie Lou a question. And it's something that I think is an obvious one that we haven't talked about between you and I, Mike. And that is, who's your dream foursome? Now, this question is a little bit loaded. Dream foursome as you're picking four golfers to create a fivesome that you're going to play with. (laughs) Or three golfers who you're going to be their fourth. I think it's got to be I'm the fourth golfer because if I'm playing in a foursome, that's the whole idea. Is I want to be playing with these other three to okay. make it to make it four. Gotcha. All right. Well, I know one of them's Tiger. Yeah. I, I mean, so I, I I had a gut feeling that this was going to come up because of at media day. You and I spoke highly. Like, wow, that's a great question. That to was ask a somebody. great. Yeah, they love. It was such yeah. a good question. Yeah. And and when Scott asked Katie Lou that question, she had no hesitation in answering hers. And we both look at each other like, wow, that's a great question to ask. And I had a gut feeling when we circled back, it might come to this. 
So I kind of been thinking about it a little bit. I have. And I think the obvious for a lot of us that are in this, you know, 30 to 40 year old range, um, and I like to stay in that 30 to 40, even though I'm sniffing the high end there, um, but <laughs> is, is the obvious is Tiger Woods. So Tiger is clear as day would be one of the guys that I would put in my foursome along with myself. And then the other two guys I had to kind of think more heavily about, like, where would I go? Do I want to go old school? Do you, is, there, is there a woman on the LPGA tour that kind of stands out? You, yeah, um, you is, want to make your foursome like you don't just you, you're picking a team, right? Who's going to have the most fun? Like, sure, you could have one of like Tiger, Jack, and Arnie, but it might not be the most fun. They might not get along, or like there's so you try to mix. You're 100 percent right. You're trying to mix, you right. know, get a mixture there. So to me, so it's kind of like where can I find the best group of three other golfers that could give me the best stories because I know I'm a question asker. I can ask people a gazillion questions and talk to them forever that they're finally like, dude, is this guy ever going to stop? So I just assume Tiger's experiences alone would just be hands down number one. Okay. I hope number, we don't have the same force, by the way. N- number, two, number two for me was Michelle Wee. I thought getting someone like her on being a prodigy from such a young age, dominating the girl scene, then moving into playing some PGA Tour events as a woman was like, wow, big deal. And then her going on to to win many, many tournaments on the LPGA Tour, I thought would be a very, very good one to have on there. Nonetheless, with her tournament now coming to New Jersey, it was like, all right, those are two like big time names, I thought right there. And then my third option was a little more old school was Arnold Palmer. I thought Arnold Palmer and his, I felt like he was always a guy when you look back and you watch the old videos, his fiery, his helicopter finish, his demeanor, like he had that like personality that everybody loved and admired, but also feared at the same time. And I felt like those three, I would just be walking the fairways, not even caring if I shot 70 or 170, because the stories I could get from the three of them would range in so many different ways that for me, it was Tiger, it was Michelle, and it was Arnie. Those are my three. We don't have the same one, so that's good. So Katie answered it. And I'm going to answer it the same way. She put four people as like a dream foursome. So you're playing, in theory, you'd be playing as a fivesome. And I don't know who I'd get rid of on this list. But I've mentioned how much I love Jordan Spieth. And I think if you have Spieth, you have JT as well. Like, that's like... That's like one in one A. You know, you go to the you go to the racetrack, you bet the horses, and there's a one and there's a one A, so you bet one and you get both of them. That's what this is. And then and then also you throw in Tiger, and I think that's a quick and easy one, two, three right there. But I didn't think about it being a foursome with me playing. I thought about like the foursome that I'd be playing with. So I put four golfers, and then obviously the only you know, the other one I think is Rory. I think those four are just like think about the group that group playing golf together. They did at the match. I know, which is why I love the match so much because I think that those guys have been my 
I, I love all those guys. Those are, those are my top, top, top guys. I did think, however, I think the stories, I think the golf, I think that would be fun in its own right. But I also think that playing in a group of, with like guys to hang out with, you know what I mean? So like that's a, that's a serious golf group there. Not saying that another group wouldn't be serious, but then I had another like slash and I had Joel Damon, who we talked about. I think me and Joel could have tons of fun. And Joel, again, when you're listening to this, make sure you DM me. I, I think he's I think he'd have so much fun. I think him and Max Homa would be a lot of fun together. And then I did go to an LPGA tour player, and I think Danielle Kang would be an awesome hang on the golf course. She seems like she's able to fit right into wherever she goes. You know, she's got that personality where she can not even be a chameleon because she could always be herself, but she fits into every group. And I think that would be a lot of fun with that, with that foursome there. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think, I think even when the audience hears this and they start thinking like, oh, what's my dream foursome? It's hard to say that one is better than the other. It's really the type of experience you're looking to have. Are you looking like you just said, like your two groups right there, I think are completely different. Oh, vastly, yeah. Right, so if you're looking for the more social scene, like Joel Damon and that crowd, no doubt. Like that's kind of where you're going. If you're looking for, you know, the those are drinks flowing, music's yep. blasting. Yeah, links drinks all day long. May or Link's may drinks. not wear. Yeah, you be you may. have links drinks popping left and right in there. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, may or may not be wearing shoes. Like that's a that's a foursome that's that's enjoying the day on the golf course. Yeah, J- enjoying the the fun social part of golf. Yeah, no doubt. And and I and that's kind of. The more I thought about it, because I actually thought about it a lot today, just like driving home, I was like, you know what, for me, I I can be so much of a traditionalist sometimes and so much by the book in terms of how I do things. Like that group, listening to what they all have experienced, and I think it's a little similar in some respects of where they grew up and how they came along to the game. Like... I, I couldn't I couldn't swap somebody out for somebody else. I thought about recency bias too. Like a guy that interests me a lot that I would love to pick his brain is John Rom. Like to me, that dude is like the way he's come on like a bat out of hell. Like love that. I love how he gets angry because I can get angry at times on the golf course too. Like there was a lot of similarities I saw with him. Yep. But for me, it was kind of like those three, Tiger. Arnie and Michelle Wee, I felt like revolutionized the game in different eras in a way that I don't think other people have and just have made an impact on so many people. Like just picking their brains is something I'd be all about. A hundred percent. And I avoided, I specifically avoided older golfers because again, if I'm thinking about playing in a group, the Arnold Palmer I know is, is an old man. And he's not going to be in a group with, with Joel Damon. Like, I'd love to play golf with Arnold Palmer. I like Arnold more than I like Jack, if I'm going, like, those old school guys. Arnold's my favorite of that generation of golfer. But in, in, my, in thinking about my foursomes, he doesn't fit in those, in what I was trying to get at, which is different than what you were 
think in like what I'm trying to get out of it is different from what you're trying to get out of it, which is different yeah. than, you know, somebody else might get out of it. Yeah. And again, I'd be curious to see what the audience is, is dream foursome is too, because again, we're all different in terms of what we're all looking for. So. The Transfusion Cocktail is the golf club classic you know and love. For years, golfers have looked forward to this drink at the turn or in the clubhouse. Now, Lynx Drinks has created a brand of ready-to-drink Transfusion Vodka canned cocktails. The classic is made with vodka, ginger ale, and grape juice. The front nine with orange juice and the back nine with cranberry juice. All three are 7% ABV, gluten-free, and are made with natural ingredients and no preservatives. Lynx Drinks Transfusions are sold in foursome packs at over 3,000 locations and available in 16 states. Just grab it and go for a perfect tasting cocktail every time. On the course, the beach, a boat, or a barbecue at home with family and friends. You can now enjoy this golf tradition anywhere. We think it will become your new favorite cocktail on or off the links. So go check them out at linksdrinks.com or on Instagram at linksdrinks. So I, I, I want to go to a different avenue here. And I know, right. on last, I know on last week's episode, I presented you a question from the audience. And I, I do want to toss this out there. Like, you can always DM us at the drop underscore pod on Instagram. Or you can even email us. We do have an email address, the drop golf podcast at gmail.com. And I'm kind of liking this idea where the audience is sending us questions about what would, do we think about this? What do we think about that? What would you do here? What would you do there? So if you have something that you want brought up, by all means, send it our way. Because I got another one this week. And I told, I told the person that I would, I'd present it to you. Because it continued along last week's conversation about the temporary greens. And I don't know okay. if you know where I'm going with this. And I don't know if this person reached out to you too, but I'm going to read this to you and I want your take back on it. Okay. okay. I don't want any other information. I just want, I'm we'll not telling you who, who it is. is. I'm not telling yep. you who it is. Okay. 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 So following up on last week's temporary green discussion, if someone gets an Eagle because they hold out, does the Eagle count? I know it's not the same as a hole in one, but a hole out from 150 yards for Eagle could be as difficult as a hole-in-one from 150 yards. For a crappy golfer like me who never holes out, I can see why the argument as to why it counts. Follow-up question, if it doesn't count as an eagle, does your interpretation change for the normal crappy golfer who struggles to break 100 when they play? I, I think, Mike, I think I was... I think I was fairly clear on my my stance on that. If... If I'm playing a temporary green, that's what the course says. That's what I'm playing. And I think this hole out for Eagle is the same thing. Like that's the that's the course that was set up that day. I'm taking it. This one, I will say this one's easier than a hole in one though. I don't know why, but it is easier to say yes to this than a hole in one. <laughs> and I think that's where I get I get stuck. And I also understand because hope you're not Are you taking this? Is this a yes for you? Let me finish. Okay. So I, and this is where you and I discussed this last week or the week before, I can't even remember now, about two different types of golfers. Whereas if you're not a very good golfer in this listener's 
mind. When you do something amazing like that, it's how can you not, how are you going to tell me it doesn't count? I never do something like this. And I said back, I said, that's where I, I completely agree with you because it's hard for someone who's a traditionalist to say it doesn't count. But there's also like you were going down, it's two different things. A hole in one or a hole out for Eagle. The hole out for Eagle ball is not going on your pedestal in your in your living room. It doesn't. The hole in one golf ball for a lot of people does. So like if I'm writing that two on the scorecard because I hold out, like I can write that because I made that. I can't count a hole in one though as my first official hole in one. I, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't mesh with me. And I see that your hand is raised and I get all that. But sometimes as the teacher, you know, you just kind of look away when that person's <laughs> hands up and you'll say, I'll get to you in a second. But I can see as his point states, he goes, I completely agree with you on the temporary green, but I can see how a non-competitive golfer looks at it completely different. So I see what he's saying. If you want to count the hole out, go for it. I get it. If it's a hole in one, I can't. I can see you write, writing a one down, but saying I made a hole in one, I'm still on the. I'm in the boat of. I can't count that. That's what I. That's what I was uh, raising my hand for. I was asking if you're not writing a one down on that scorecard. You're writing a one on the card, but I guess I. I guess I can't go around and say I made my first official hole in one, because then when you have to explain the story and, and you're like, oh, but. It was a temporary green. It was 20 yards shorter than it should have been. It the 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 pin isn't even on the normal green. That then I have to explain the whole story. And you know how that goes. You're telling the stories to your buddies, and it's like, oh, that doesn't count. And it doesn't in my eyes. So yes, I'd write down one, but no, I'm not actually counting it as my first official hole in one if I don't have any. So I I I also talked to some other people this week, and one of them is a PGA professional, and they said as long as the yardage doesn't go below the USGA classification for a par three, the golf club picked a specific yardage, took aim, and hold it. That's an ace. So as long as it's a legal hole, I'm counting it. I'm counting it, and I'll tell you what. After Bo's comment, as as he was listening and then and then messaged in, I think that solidified my argument. On top of hearing it from the pro about like the legal part of it, like the quote unquote legal part, like as long as it's a USGA, like the the USGA has classifications on what deems a par three what deems a par four like there's and as long as it fits in those parameters and you took one shot to get it in to it, it again it only solidified it for me and that's what the course set up uh, i feel i feel pretty solid now about about being being okay with it right so and, I, and then i'll put it out there to the rest of the audience so like if you do have questions like this that you want us to debate throw them in the dms email them however Whatever works for you, by all means, we're open to, to discussing these um, because it's fun. It, it, it has some engagement from the audience perspective that you guys can reach out to us and say, you know, what do you guys think about this or that? And we can discuss it a little bit. And you may agree or to disagree, but 
we'll give you our two cents. That's no doubt about that. Yeah. It didn't sway you at all, though. No. No. No? Okay. So I got well, another. Uh, I... That, that listener was Bo Olson listening in Ohio. Thanks for listening to, to the drop in New Jersey, Bo. Ohio. There we go. We're, we're stretching our boundaries here. Um, yeah, we are. So, so I know in the past, we also have been teasing a lot of things. And I know we, I mentioned this at the top. We teased a little bit about, um, you know, th- big things were happening. And I know sometimes when people see that type of stuff, they're like, all right, is this just like a clickbait type thing? Or is there really big things happening? And I, and I kind of alluded, like I mentioned at the top, LPGA media day for us is was big things. And I know we didn't want to discuss it right after we went because, you know, we knew we were getting Scott Wood on and that's going to follow today. But I know the other big thing that I want to kind of announce here that you'll see a lot on, on social media that's going to get blasted out this week is our first ever drop podcast polo. It'll be up on the website on flukeapparelco.com. That's who we are partners with in, in coming up with some great gear. There's three different s- color schemes with our logo right there on the left chest. You got Fluke Apparel's company, their, their logo is on the left sleeve. You know, it, it's been some a lot of work behind the scenes, but after putting out that poll last week and seeing the interest from a lot of people that said they would be, you know, interested in, in buying one. People have reached out, said, when are you getting some merch out there? When are you getting some gear? And for as active as we plan on being this spring and through the summer and into the fall, what better than to rock our gear with with Fluke and how they've been very supportive of us and things that we're doing. Um, so you got to keep an eye on this because the way this is going to work is, is it's going to all be pre-ordered. Um, we're going to make sure that we can prove that we can get people that are interested in, in buying the merch before um, it's all the inventory is purchased to, to kind of prove a point a little bit here. Um, and then it'll be shipped out in four to six weeks. So it'll it'll be here um, right in time for, for the summer. So everybody can be rocking that when they're out there. Um, I think all three designs that you'll see are, are fresh. Um, they're exciting. And, and I think the color schemes that Chris and his, his, his team over at Fluke Apparel Company did, I think they came out really, really well. So um, I also want to throw this in there. I know that people say, well, what are the prices going to be? The price per polo is going to be $65. And I don't think that's anything to the extreme of what you may see at Peter Millar, Johnny O, or Grayson, um, because we want to get these out there. And like I've said from you know maybe three, four, five weeks ago now at this point, the quality of the shirt is phenomenal. You know, I'm very picky. I can admit it myself that when I got the shirt, I was a little uncertain, but I back it. I support it. It's great. It's great, great quality. So um, you got to see it for yourself. And, and I think what people need to understand too is with the $65 polo, we're donating $5 of every single polo um, to the First Tee program. So to us, it's, it's a little give back to, to people that have kind of steered us in a positive direction. It's, it's a, it's a little give back on Chris's end as well with Fluke Apparel Company. So, you know, I do want to throw that out there that when you start seeing this, make sure you jump on that right away. You don't want to be someone that misses this opportunity, then DMs me about a week or two later and says, is there any available left? You know, what's going on? 
because we want to make sure that we can see if we can roll these out as quick as possible because the quicker everybody signs up and the quicker everybody pre-registers and pre-orders the quicker that product will be out in, in your in your you know mailbox before you know it so again click on the link flukeapparelcompany.com get your orders in you do not want to miss this. So it's going to be it's going to be open. I mean, it's going to be open until we can roll them out. It, if, if the idea is we want to get 75 polos out, I, I think from the interest that we've gathered from on Chris's end, from our end, from Kim's end in the first T program, family and friends, I think we can get 75 out. That's the goal. So um, if we can't get 75 out, then I don't know if we're going to be able to push this through. But from the interest that we've gathered... Um, it's out there. It's there. It's, it's up to us now to, to promote it. It's our, up to our audience to help, you know, follow through with what they said, um, and see if we can do this. Cause why not get this out there and, and have everybody rock some of, uh, f some of our gear. So make sure you guys head over to flukeapparelco.com. You can pre-order right there on the website. It'll be up there ready to rock and roll. You'll have your choice of three different designs with our logo listed right there and showed right there on the left chest. And you should probably get it sometime between four to six weeks. So again, let's get those orders in. Ryan and I greatly appreciate that. All right, guys. So that's going to be all for this week. Uh, we got Scott Wood coming up, who's going to talk about the LPGA tour event at Upper Montclair called the Founders Cup. Enjoy the interview. Looking to take your golf game to the next level? Tired of the same old driving range routine? Tee to Green Indoor Golf Center in West Long Branch is here to revolutionize your golfing experience. That's right, Mike. Tee to Green is not your average driving range. It's an indoor golf learning center, unmatched in its offerings in Monmouth County. It's a literal golfer's paradise, offering an extraordinary experience you won't find anywhere else. And guess what? We've got a special offer for you. With this offer, you can become a member of Tee to Green Indoor Golf Center for only $99 for the first month. Want to join the Tee to Green revolution? Head over to their website at www.teetogreen.com and sign up using the promo code DROP. With your membership, you'll get three hours of TrackMan Simulator time. TrackMan's cutting-edge technology, precision, and ability to provide instant feedback makes it the best simulator for golfers looking to improve their game. Plus, it features over 200 world-class golf courses to play. And that's not all. Your membership also includes unlimited use of their massive putting and chipping green and Sam Putt Lab. And here's another perk. As a member, you'll receive an exclusive 10% off in their pro shop, featuring all the top golf brands in the business. Tita Green also has a team of golf professionals ready to help you take your game to the next level. Whether you're a beginner or a seasoned player, their experts will provide personalized lessons to enhance your skills and elevate your performance. Ready to join the Tea to Green revolution? Head over to their website at t2green.com and sign up with the promo code DROP or call 732-876-4609. Don't miss out on this exclusive offer. Okay, so today's guest is, is a special one here. Um, we were fortunate to be invited to be part of the Cognizant Founders Cup Media Day. And today's guest is Senior Director of LPGA Properties 
and the 2019 Act Like a Founder Award recipient, Scott Wood. Scott, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Absolutely. Thanks, guys, for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you, Scott. Yeah, this is uh, this is a, a, a new one for us is in terms of having interviews, we've kind of stayed in the golf realm of the golfer. So getting someone like yourself on the show to talk a little bit about the setup, um, the directing aspect of it, the marketing aspect of it, the media side of it, um, and more or less putting a big time tournament together. Um, why don't you give the audience a little bit of a background about you, your job, the traveling it entails, I guess the whole nine. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I, I got into experiential and, and events, sports, you know, marketing back in 2001 and, and, uh, I did four years in NASCAR and, and, um, I, I wasn't a fan of fast cars going left, but I became a fan of <laughs> big events, um, and, and really putting on a really, really fun show for, for the fans. And, and it just gets in your blood. I was traveling 300 days a year. Um, and, and really it just kind of just, it just became part of me, right. It became what I wanted to do. I, I, I couldn't go sit in an office for, for eight, nine hours a day and sit in a cubicle. So I have been doing that, man. I, I cut my teeth in the agency world. I worked for a couple of agencies along the way. And, uh, my last stint at an agency, um, uh, I had a, a, a automotive client that was the official automotive partner of the LPGA. So I got to know the crew out here on tour and, and, um, when a spot opened up in Phoenix and, uh, you know, it was kind of a good fit for, for both of us. So I, I jumped at the chance in 2015, joined the, joined the LPGA tour and really haven't looked back. And, um, I always, I always told uh, my wife, I said, if I can't play professional golf, I, I I'd like to run a professional golf tournament. So, uh, so yeah, so here we are. Um, <laughs> I, I honestly, I wake up every day. I love what I do. Um, it, it's a lot of fun to be able to, to do this and, and the travel is, is just part of the, part of the job. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, I kind of, my office is a, is a golf course most of the time. So, uh, so I, I, I feel fortunate. I feel lucky. I'm blown away. Cause you said you started in 2001, which is 22 years ago, but you don't look like you should be that old. <laughs> So you're doing something right. <laughs> Being on the golf course on the regular has got to be uh, you got to be doing something right. So good, good for I, you. Uh, I, I I can't say I I, I credit my dad because he's as bald as could be, and he he was he was bald <laughs> in early forties. But um, I think it's uh you know it's definitely the the gray is creeping in a little bit. But uh, <laughs> but no, it's it's there's a lot of days that are that are not not really that stressful. So um, I get to play some golf here and there, but um, but I appreciate it. Thank you. So uh, I, I'm, I want to talk about that as as uh, you brought it up. What does a, a normal day entail for you, or are they so different that that that's kind of like the neatness of the job? What is what is kind of like a day to day for you? Yeah, I, I kind of break it down into quarters, right? I mean, the first quarter is is you know once 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 we're like okay, we got we're 12 months out from an event. Like I kind of look at it, we, we, we get the planning back together. We, we, we go back and we look and see what we did right the first time, you know, the last time we did a tour event. Um, and really we start to put the, put the, the plan together. And we, we, we tweak the plan that we had before. And, you know, we say, okay, how can we get better, right? How can we make the player experience better? How can we make the fan experience better? How can we make the sponsor experience better? So really 
we just kind of get with the team and we start to really kind of brainstorm a lot of ideas. We, we, we always say, you know, in those brainstorm sessions, you know, there's never a bad idea, right? Put it on the whiteboard and let's see what sticks. So, um, so that's kind of the first quarter. That's the first, you know, two or three months of, uh, you know, when we're, when we're 12 months out from an event, then you get to the second quarter and you really start to, to dial in your vendors, really start to dial in what, what's your bill going to look like? How do we want to go bigger for hospitality? How do we want to, engage fans more with uh you know i like to be able to put golf clubs in our fans hands and and that's what they want to do right they want to come out and they want to see nelly cordo lexi thompson brooke henderson but be great if i could swing a golf club if i could hit a putt or do something else that's engaging on site so um so really we, we start to really dial in what that what that fan engagement looks like and then when we hit the third quarter man it's it's off and running and we're you know we're full speed ahead we're working with the host sites um, you know, we're really just kind of make sure that um, the golf course is set up properly. We're working with our rules and competition team. We start to really kind of dial in what we're going to do. Did we play it too? You know, what, how was our yardage last year? Does it? Do we need to go back some? Do we need to make par threes a little bit longer? You know, how can we how can we have that uh, drivable par four hole to kind of add a little bit more excitement, right? So you're kind of really working through all that. And then by the time we get to the fourth quarter, it's, it's, uh, you know, I think when, when you, when we saw each other a couple of days ago, you can see, man, it's, it's, you're up, up before dawn and you're working until, till the sun goes down a little bit later, but it, it just, you start to put all the puzzle pieces together and, and your, your checklist is, is, you know, I can't even tell you how many Excel files that I have open on my computer and all the checklists that we're going through. And did we, you know, did we get, did we get the uniforms in, did we get everything else in, um, and it's just go time. So, um, so right now we're, we're in the thick of it. We're, we're up early. We're, we're, you know, up late, but, um, but just going through our checklist and making sure that we don't let anything drop because at the end of the day, I, I like to look at it. We're, we're party planners and we want to make sure that everybody that supports us comes out, supports our players, supports the tour and, and goes out and, you know, and tells our story for us. We want to make sure that they, they get banged for their buck, right? They get, they get their money's worth when they come on site. So that's, that's where we are right now. We're just, we're just fine tuning everything. The production, you know, we, Mike and I saw just, just a, a small fraction of it, but the production that you must go through in, as you said, a calendar year, it's just gotta be like the, you must be the most organized person in America. It, it's because, <laughs> because if one thing's out of place, that snowball effect is, is just going to ripple. Yeah, you can, you, you've got to definitely make sure you, I, I've learned over my 20 plus years in this business, you got to be able to look ahead and see where you think you're going to, where, where your challenges are going to come, right? Like, how do you, how do you stay one to two steps ahead of everything that you're doing, right? And so, um, you know, you, you got the shuttle, you got the best shuttle plan that you could have to get fans on site within 10 to 15 minutes. And then all of a sudden there's an accident. Okay, well, what do we do? How do we get people, you know, how do we make sure the shuttle buses are still circulating? So, I, you know, we're, 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 we're problem solvers. I mean, that's, that's really what it is at the end of the day, we're party planners and problem solvers. And, um, um, and, and really it takes a big team. It takes a lot of people that are dedicated that have a passion for, for this type of business. Um, you know, we're, 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 we're cut from a different cloth sometimes. It did. And Mike and I saw that the other day with, uh, with that production. You know, we got out, we got to play the course in like an outing form. And that was, that was, uh, I mean, the, the course is in incredible shape and I can't wait to see it uh, in a, in a, you know, when it, when the tournament goes off, but what's the, how, how was, how's your game? 
Uh, game's a little rusty right now. I don't, I don't get a chance to hit it as often as I want to right now. So we, uh, I, I wouldn't say I kept an accurate score, but we were, we, we were probably approaching 90 on, uh, on Monday, okay. Tuesday. So with your job and with all the stuff that's going on, like, uh, like an event like that, you get to play golf, but I can't imagine that you're focused on golf. So you're, you're being pulled in all these other directions. I, I know me all of a sudden, like a leaf blows in my way and, and it, it was like Vietnam all of a sudden. So I can't imagine with, what you're doing with, you know, being on the phone, talking to people, you know, all those people you had to talk to and, and be in front of the cameras for and all that. It, it's uh, pretty impressive to be able to handle all that and still play some pretty decent golf. So I appreciate it. Yeah, it was I was it was it was a fun round. I got to play with some really good guys that, that have been supporting us since day one when we got to New Jersey, you know, when we brought the Founders Cup to New Jersey and we signed uh, Cognizant as a title title partner and um yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't fully dialed in on the golf game, right? I was just more enjoying the afternoon. It was a beautiful day. Um, you know, we had a great turnout for for media day. So it was just a good way for us to kind of talk about as we went around the golf course, I was able to share some little nuggets with the with the media that I got to play with about what we're doing, you know, what we've what we're trying new, what's really worked for us in the past, like, you know how we think, uh, you know, fans are going to be able to react for, you know, for what we're, what we're putting together for them. So, oh, no, it was a, just a, a huge successful day. And so when it comes to like the tournament setup, I guess, I don't know if Ron and I were talking about this while we were there that day, but do you have a say in the setup of the golf course? Like, is that something that like, I guess maybe not you specifically, but your team, after you look at like, past results and you're trying to keep this thing at a, at a certain number let's say for example unless someone obviously gets super hot but do you do you have a say in that in that aspect of it pin placements tee boxes yardage yeah but you know I, I don't i don't have a big say in that i mean I, I certainly have built relationships with our rules and tournament you know competition committee and um and I've seen and learned things over the year, but at the end of the day, I, that's, that's, that's not my um, expertise. You know, I'll say, I mean, we, our rules team is some of the best, best out there on tour. And, um, and, and, and I'll come up with some weird ideas of like, Hey, why, why don't we put a Sunday pin placement, right? Right behind this, you know, um, you know, right behind this bunker and, and let's, let's get some excitement. And they'll, they'll quickly tell me, either yeah can work or reason quickly why it can't work so i leave that up to the professionals but i mean at the end of the day you know whenever we go out and we look for new golf courses and and we when i first put my eyes on upper montclair you you kind of take this like piece of clay and you say how can we kind of you know create something here that that is going to be very competitive that's going to keep the pace of play up for our players. And it's going to be, um, it's going to be something that the fans are going to want to go out and watch. Right. I mean, you know, the USGA, the PGA of America, like they, they got their majors, they're going to dial it up. They're going to make it kind of, you know, they're going to make it as tough as they can. Right. But for us, the way that we look at it is, is we want to, we want to have a fair competition out there. And, um, and, and you start to kind of figure out, you know, where your landing zones are, you know, where, you know, where your, where your runoff areas are and everything. So when all that's taken into consideration, um, our, our rules and competition team, they, they do a great job of setting up a fair competition. And, you know, listen, you, you, these are professional athletes been playing golf their entire life, right? If, if one of them goes 10 or 11 under, then that's great. That's, that's, that's something fun for everybody to watch because they, they've gotten in the zone 
and they they're they're at their peak performance. And I mean, that's what we wanted to see when Jordan was playing, right? That's what we wanted to see when LeBron and Kobe and them playing in basketball. So, um, so I've I've quit. I don't work for the USGA, so I've quit trying to dial it back where even pars the the winning score. <laughs> Is that your, is that your, like, philosophically, do you, would you rather them be able to just throw birdies left and right? Or would you rather it be more U.S. Open type, uh, where, like, even par's got a chance of winning kind of thing? Me, I, me, me personally, I, I, I don't have one way or the other because, um, I've, I've been a part of kind of both, right. I've been, I've been a part where we played a resort course in, in Arizona that, you know, 28 under one at one year, right. Say young Kim shot 11 under at final rounds. Uh, it's, and it was, but you know, perfect conditions and, and perfect weather and, and these players were on their game. So um, I, I, I'm a fan of five to six under after day one, you get to 11, 10 or 11 on day two, and then you kind of let, then you kind of let the, you know, as you start to ramp up with the weekend, right? You got moving day on Saturday, like who's going to shoot five, six under to kind of move up the leaderboard. Can the leaders, you know, jump out and continue that pace that they set or, or are they going to kind of, you know, fall into that even one to two under range. And then I love, um, I love it when we have anywhere between 10 and 12 players within three or four strokes to the lead on Sunday. Cause I think that's, that's when you see some real good competition come out. Yeah. I think that's a good, I like that too. Like you said, four or five around, you know, shooting, shooting 67, 68 for four days in a row. I, I think that you should be winning a tournament at that, at yeah. that time. That's a good, I think that's a good number there. And if we talk a little bit about the golf course specifically, you know, obviously, you know, doing a little research, I, I saw that, you know, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but the tournament started in Arizona. It's made it's made its way east when kind of Cognizant jumped in as the, the title sponsor. But it didn't initially start at Upper Montclair. It went to Mountain Ridge, if my research is correct. And if I'm wrong, please correct me. But now now it's over to Upper Montclair. And Ryan and I, I, I can speak Ryan. We never been out the mountain ridge, so we don't know what it's like. But stepping on the grounds of Upper Montclair, like between the the driving range, between the practice facility, the little short game area, between the twenty seven holes, like we left there saying, like, wow, that is a perfect, perfect spot. Like, talk a little bit about the 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 cognizant and coming east in terms of of bringing it to New Jersey golf. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, just in, you're right. I mean, the history we started in Arizona, right, and 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 that started in 2011 with our former commissioner Mike Juan, and and you know, a little nugget about 2011, they the players didn't play for a purse. It all went back to charity, so it was a way to honor the 13 wow. years. But but you know, so Kari Webb won it in 2011 and didn't cash a check. Everything went back to. I saw that. I was like, man, because when you look at your winners, like I. Obviously, being a golf junkie the way I am, like I look at all your winners from 2011 on, and I'm like, these are big time names. Like Kari Webb's won it twice, not just once. Like I, all the names on here, even Minjin Lee, who's now won two majors since. Like you've got big time names and big time participants playing in that tournament. Yeah, I, I, you, you pinch yourself when you look at it. I mean, to be honest with you, because it's a who's who of either Hall of Famers or future Hall of Famers. I mean, Stacey Lua, Anna Norquist, you know, Say Young Kim. I mean, Huju Kim. I mean, it just, the list goes on and on. And, um, and and I think it's great that, you know, I mean, Yanni Sin won it back in her heyday, right? So, I mean, you you look at it, this thing is like, it's really been building over the years. 
and and it's you know I think that the the meaning behind the tournament, what what it stands for to the LPGA Tour, you know, and then when you look at our past champions and where we're heading, and and with Cognizant on board and and a lot of other sponsors up in the Northeast right now that have really embraced this this event because of the meaning behind it, right? I mean, it's a great golf tournament. It's played at a wonderful facility. Uh, Upper Montclair has hosted the LPGA back in the eighties, you know, so they've hosted, you know, all three major golf associations there, you know, the champions of PGA and now the LPGA again. So I, I just, you know, I think it was the perfect fit. Um, we had a great time in Mountain Ridge. It was a phenomenal track. It's a great little hidden gem up there that a lot of people just don't really know about. It's one of those kind of tucked away um, clubs that, uh, you know, just kind of they go about their business. And, um, you know, and it's it it was a business decision to move from Arizona to New Jersey. Um, a lot of that was um, COVID related um, because we we still wanted to keep playing in Arizona. We had built up a nice fan base out there and and. Um, and Cognizant was fully on board with that. They didn't, they didn't want to, they wanted to buy into the Founders Cup. They didn't want to change things, right? But we couldn't play in the spring of, of 2021 because COVID restrictions were still in place. And so they were a new sponsor. And so we kind of said, okay, well, let's look at the schedule. And, and it became a business decision for us to move to the Northeast in the fall. Um, and, and then once we got up there and we were close to their, their headquarters at Teaneck, New Jersey, then it just said, okay, well, this is, this is where we need to be. This is where we want to be. And, you know, coming from the tour side of things, the LPGA wasn't really in the Northeast at that time. I mean, it's, you know, look how, look how far we've come over two years where, you know, you had the event in Seaview, then we came on board, you had the occasional major somewhere in the area, you know, every now and then, but like at the end of the day, it was it was a it was a big market for us. We're close to to New York City. We're close to the epicenter of so many businesses um, that it just made sense for us to stay. And then once we once we put our eyes on Upper Montclair, we knew we had a home, and we quickly did a three year deal with them to to start to establish ourselves there. So, like a, a an event like Seaview, that's not even getting New York City because it's so far south. So you're so yeah, coming to Upper Montclair is certainly certainly beneficial in that. How much thought so so you decide you know make a business decision like you said to leave mountain view and come to upper montclair how much looking for courses were you like did you say we want upper montclair let's go get it or is there a, a whiteboard that's got courses in the area you, you know you got baltusrol you got plainfield you got liberty national you got all these all these really nice ones and is there a feel out process or what is that process like to 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 find a course. Yeah, it, it definitely is a feel out process. You, you start to, you know, you, you got your wish list that you start and you say, okay, I mean, yeah. And Plainfield was on there. Liberty was on there. You know, Balti <laughs> was on there. I mean, yeah, you, you, cause you know, listen, I mean, our, our athletes are, are some of the best golfers in the world. They deserve to play on the best golf courses in the world. So, so yeah, we, we were dreaming big. And then you start to say, okay, well, where's, where does all the other, golf world fit into the schedule right so we we knew we were going to be playing in the spring so then you know then you start reaching out and people are like well we're already booked with this and we can't do it because of that so um you get a lot of quick no's to be honest with you but um but and then you get you get some that say hey you know what this might be able to work so then you start to kind of go through the process of of really um especially the private clubs in the area you know you you could have 
you could have the GM and the, and the director of golf and everybody that really wants it, right? Because they want to showcase their property. They want to be able to like kind of present to the world and, and, and from a, not only from a national TV perspective, but international TV, you know, to kind of show off their club. And then you got to go to the membership and you got to get the buy-in. Cause when we come in, we, we take over for the week, right? We, we take it over. I mean, we're, there is no access to the, to the clubhouse. There's no, you know, we take it all. So, um, so yeah, so you kind of go through that fill out process. And then when you start to kind of start to whittle that down and funnel down the, the one, two or three clubs that, a work for your schedule b can work for your timing work for the you know and then finances play a lot of part in you know a big part in it too so um it, it was a when we first reached out to upper montclair it was a it was um it was it was a pretty quick like yeah let's 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 pursue this together and let's see what we can do so um so i hopped on a plane pretty quick with cognizant and we we went up there we got to play it we got to experience the clubhouse and meet some membership and meet the board and and really got a good feel for it. And, and, you know, when we left there that day, we were like, that's, we, we found it. Wow. And, uh, so we got it, we got it, we got it done pretty quick. That's nice. You know, when you, you go to a place and you're, it's like picking a college, you just, you know, when you get there and you're like, this is where I want to be. This is where we need to be. This is, you know, yeah. that's, that's I, I great. Think, I think them having 27 holes helps too. Right. Cause then for like sure. I said, you, 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 you can take that, that, you know, that you can mold it to how you want it, you know, and, and, and they had some recommendations and then we brought in our, our rules and competition and they had some recommendations, you know, hospitality plays a big part of it. You guys obviously saw, you know, some of the hospitality bills out there. So you got to figure out, okay, how do we, how do, where do we build? How do we maximize the space? So um, there's, a, there's a lot to go into it. And, and um, I've learned a lot over my eight years at the tour and I'm still learning, um, but it's, it's a fun process to go through. Scott, why don't, why don't you talk to us a little bit about what the Founders Cup is and, and uh, kind of how it, how it came to be and, and yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. So, I mean, the Founders Cup is, it was started back in 2011 by Mike Wan, former commissioner, now head of the USGA. And, and, um, and really, Mike, when he became commissioner, he saw that our 13 founders were starting to, we were getting, you know, we, we only had a couple of surviving members from that, that original 13. And so it, it was Mike's vision to say, how can we really start to honor where the tour started back in 1950? Um, you know, the LPJ is the longest running women's sports organization in the world. And, and we're celebrating 73 years now. So, um, so it was, it was a great idea back in 2011 and, and it, it was something that, that kind of picked up some steam and, and he got, he got a lot of player support from it too. It's like, yeah, you know, like, um, a lot of people didn't know who Shirley Spork and Marilyn Smith and Louise Suggs. And, you know, they just didn't know the history of, of the LPGA. I mean, you know, we had, we had one of the greatest female athletes of ever Babe Zaharis. That was one of our founders and, you know, Olympic athlete, you know, professional golfer. I mean, she, she kind of did it all back in the day. So, um, so I think that that collection of 13 women, their story needed to be told. And, and it needed to be preserved um, and it needed that the next generation of LPGA professionals and LPGA fans and, and you know, um, just the group that was there to support women's sport needed to understand what that story and, and how how important it is to to not only like Title IX issues and like, you know, where where women's sports are going in the world now. So so I think it was it, it was something that really caught on very quickly. And, um, you know, and, and like like I mentioned before, you know, they played for no purse. Um, there was a donation back to the girls golf 
uh, our LPGA Foundation, Girls Golf Chapters, to be able to kind of support and grow that next that next uh, uh, generation of, of female golfers. So, you know, a tagline that we use all the time is for Founders Cup is past, present, and future. You know, we're celebrating the past, you know, the 13 women and all the pioneers, you know, Nancy Lopez, Betsy King, uh, Patty Sheehan. I mean, you could go on and on and on, right, from 60s, 70s, 80s that, that really took the tour and kind of ran with it and, and did – you know, did what they did. And then you look at today's, you know, generation of, of players. And I mean, they're, they're, they're some, some of the best athletes in the world. They're entrepreneurs, they're moms, you know, they're philanthropists. I mean, they just, they just, they, they kind of do it all. Right. And then, and then you got the, the future with that LPGA USGA girls golf program. So, so really that's what the Cognizant Founders Cup is all about. We're, we're celebrating those three generations of, of female golf and really telling the story through the LPJ and through this one special week on tour. I didn't know much about it. And then going to the media day, hearing about it, understanding it's a great, a great cause, a great event. It's really a special, really special thing you guys got going on with it for sure. Thank you. Yeah. I, well, listen, you're not the first either. When I, when I interviewed for the job, I was like, I, I don't even know. I, I didn't know about the 13 founders. I didn't know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, so I, it's been a learning process over the last eight years. And I remember, I remember meeting Marilyn Smith and Shirley Spork back in 2015 when I first started and, and just so much energy in there, you know, they were in there like early to late eighties and just so much energy, so much passion. And, and I just sat down and started listening and they were telling stories about the struggles they had to get the tour started, how they used to all caravan from, from town to town. And, you know, they did it all. They set up the golf course. They did their own marketing. They did their own PR. They would, they would go to boxing matches and try to get people to come out and see them play golf. They would, <laughs> I mean, they just, it, it's just such a cool story. And, and then the more and more that I'm, I'm part of this uh, organization, the more and more I want to kind of keep, keep, uh, keep preserving it. Yeah. That's, that's really special. Why didn't they just email it out to people or, or, uh, or tweet it out there? I don't <laughs> right. understand how that was. Right. That's, that's, you know, it's funny. Cause that's, that's what Mar Marilyn goes. I asked her, I said, you, could you imagine having social media back in 1950? Like where, where would the tour be right now? And she was like, what's social media? She still, has, she, was like, she still had no idea. So. Oh, that's good. That's crazy. And then like, so when it gets into like cognizant and then jumping in and, and I know a lot of the things that, you know, in terms of like the world we live in, it's, it's money driven and finding sponsors that are willing to jump in and, and put up a purse that's meaningful and draws a lot of attention. And looking at like what they've done since they've jumped on board in 2021, I think kind of sets the tone and more or less puts pressure on other tournaments to kind of match what they're doing. Can you speak a little bit about Cognizant and how they jumped in like that? Yeah. I, from the, from the first conversation with those guys, they, they, their mindset and their mission and objective was in the right place. Um, and they, they knew they saw an opportunity to be able to try to make change. Right. And they, they wanted to be at the forefront of that. So um, I give all the all the kudos to their team because from from day one they said, "Listen, we're we're not in this to, you know, we're in this to level the playing field. We're in this to we have the resources to be able to to let have your athletes play for more money, and for us to be able to support LPGA USGA girls golf programs, you know, and and to be able to to help the LPGA continue that mission. So um, I I just say they 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 talk the talk and they walk the walk and they've done it since day one. It's a great organization to work to to work with to partner with. 
they're, you know, they, they come to us with all these ideas and, and they want to be able to try to enhance not only, you know, not only the purse, but they want to enhance the player experience during the week. They're like, what can we do? Like, I, I have never worked with a, a sponsor that comes to me throughout the year all the time and says, what more can we do? You know, can we, can we do this? Can we do that? You know? And like, so, so it's just been a, it's, it's really been a really fun um, partnership. It's been a really good group to be able to get, um, to get to know. Um, they obviously have other interests and, and, you know, they, they support golf is a big platform for them. And they see that uh, a lot of people within their, um, within their networks that it gives them a good opportunity to be able to host and entertain and do business on site at golf tournaments. Um, and, and, you know, I'm just proud that we've, we've been able to, to be able to achieve and, and be able to help them achieve their goals, uh, just as much as they've been able to, to help us, you know, continue our path. Yeah, I, I see that because I obviously, you know, when you look at things on the LPGA tour, like, you know, and, and even sometimes women's sports in general, like I have two little daughters, too, that are, are heavily involved in sports. And, you know, you kind of can see that, you know, on the money side of things, it doesn't always compare, but you, it's nice to see a, a, a company like Cognizant jump in and, and dig deeper and say to other sponsors, like, I dare you to match me. And, and then they start to do that and just makes the product even better. It, it, absolutely. And, and, you know, we, we've seen that over the last, you know, seven, eight, 10 years, KPMG, Dow, um, you know, Aon. I mean, there's so many groups that are like, it, it's, you know, there, there's some, there's some businesses out there. This is just my personal opinion, but there's some businesses out there where they could fund a, an LPGA purse as a rounding error. You know, I mean, they really could, you know, and, and, uh, <laughs> and, um, and so, but I, I, it's, but it's, it's really great when companies like that step up and they, and they, they did their homework before they, they had a mission and they said, this is what we want to do, but you know what? It's not all about us. It's about partnering and, and kind of doing this together. So um, yeah, I, I, I give them all the kudos in the world and, and you know what? I don't think they're going to stop anytime soon either. They um, it, it's, it's, we've had two very special tournament weeks. I know we're going to have another one in, in two weeks from now. And um, yeah, it's just going to continue to grow and, and get bigger and bigger. Do you do you see now? Obviously, with it being at Upper Montclair, and correct me again if I'm wrong, but this is the final year of the three year deer at Upper Montclair. Is that correct? No, we have one more after this year. Twenty four. One more is the after final this year. year. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And do you see like is there something? Is there talks about extending that to keep it at Upper Montclair, or is there eyes on other spots? Yeah, or is that think, not allowed to be said? I think it. I, it's. I think there's going to be ongoing conversations here over the next, let's say, month as we come out of this. It's always good to when you got one year left on your deals. It's always good to start talking about it a year out, right? You kind of you, you don't want to you don't wanna, you put too much pressure on anybody. But I think with the feedback that we've received, uh, the membership is is fully supportive, um, and and it's just you know we're we're kind of getting into a good groove after year one at Upper Montclair, so. Um, you know, if I had my choice, then then we would we would continue to build there because I think it's just the perfect facility for for us in that market. It's very close to just so much in that, you know, in that just northeast region. Right. That tri-state area that the more that we can be established in one location, the bigger the fan base is going to grow, the bigger the corporate sponsorship base is going to grow. And, and that just and at that point, everybody wins. 
Yeah, it's, it is a great location. You're right on Route 3, Route 3 there, right out of the tunnel from the city. It, it's, that is a perfect location as far as that all concerns. Yeah. So I, I kind of want to dive a little bit, you know, and I promise not to keep you too long. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about, like, the sponsor's exemption. Because I think when, when I saw Katie there, I kind of didn't I, – I, being involved in, in high school golf on both the boys and the girls' side, especially in the state of New Jersey, you know a lot of the very good players from present and past. And I see her there, and I didn't know what the connection was with her. But then when I hear that, you know, she's receiving a sponsor's exem- exemption to play, you know, you're talking about a phenomenal – girls golfer um, in the state of New Jersey, NJSGA reigning player of the year, heads out to the Big Ten to play at Michigan. You know, talk a little bit about how a a girl like Katie Lou ends up with a phenomenal opportunity in front of her like this. Yeah, no, it it all leads back to Cognizant because when we sat down and, you know, we went through um, they, you know, we said, okay, you get two sponsor exemptions every year. And, and really they were, they wanted to learn more and more about like, okay, well, how do others do it? What is the normal process? You know, and, and, um, and they really kind of dug in deep and they took back some, you know, they took some feedback that, that we gave them. And, you know, we, we told them like, you know, some title sponsors like to, to give, you know, some, some tour players that maybe are kind of, you know, maybe, maybe just need another shot, right. To kind of, you know, maybe they're going to have a breakout week. Um, you know, and then you got some, some local, you know, how do you tie it in? How do you build in, you know, someone local, right. To try to maybe generate a little more ticket sales or a little more, more of a PR story. So, um, when we, when, when Cognizant came back to us and said, okay, we think we devised a plan of how we want to do this. First and foremost, they said, we want them to earn it. And I said, without a doubt, that's, that's the perfect way to go. Right. So, so they want to, they want to award these sponsor exemptions to amateurs or some others that maybe never would have an opportunity to, to be able to showcase their skills that, and then how they've earned it at that point. So, you know, we've, we've done a couple of different iterations over the last, you know, this is now the third playing of the Cognizant Founders Cup with them. Um, you know, in, in 2021, um, Jensen Castle, the, the USGA women's uh, amateur champion got in. That was a fall event. She had won that. Last year, Anna Davis, who won the ANWA, the Augusta National Women's Amateur event, received a sponsor invite and accepted. And then, you know, this year, um, you know, we we did we did look at some other, you know, it's the Augusta National Women's Amateur and some other things. But this year, it just made sense for us to go with a local junior that has really earned it both on and off the golf course. And and Katie's name was the first one that came up. I mean, you know, like you said reigning player of the year for the New Jersey State Golf Association, the women's amateur champion, uh, just a standout at Michigan State, you know, and, and she's, she's even better in the classroom with a 3-9 GPA, Dean's List, and everything else. So um, she's got a bright future, and I think, as, as you know, as she told everybody in that room that day, that she has a goal to play professional golf. So what better way for her to, like, be able to step into the arena, so to speak, at, as a sophomore at Michigan State, get some reps, um, you know, and, and then kind of see and kind of take an evaluation of where her game is. And, and it just, that just fits what, what Cognizant really wanted to do when they set out to get their sponsor exemptions. And, you know, that, that's just one piece of it. The other piece is they, they decided to sponsor the, the John Shippen Cognizant cup. And, um, and so that's, that's where deserving African-American females that normally wouldn't have an opportunity. The John Shippen has now come about and they're, they're, they're going to, 
you know, compete at Upper Montclair on Monday for, for the other sponsor exemption. So, um, I, like I said, they, they, they talk the talk and they walk the walk and, and our two sponsor exemptions this year are, are in a, a shining example of that. Yeah, no doubt. I thought that they hit that out of the park. Oh, absolute home with run. Not only Katie. Yeah. With, with Katie Lou and then the Monday qualifier, like you, you, you hear the talk about people in my eyes doing the right thing, but then when the actions follow suit, it's like, man, did, did you guys get so lucky landing a, a company like Cognizant that does it all that, I mean, it's, it's, it's really, it's really perfect. Yeah. Yeah. They're very, they're, they're very thoughtful in their, in, in every step that they take, you know, they don't, they, they don't do anything to rush. Um, they really think through it and they, they really, they seek out, you know, the, the opinions and, and kind of the, 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 con, you know, they consult with a lot of different groups before they really move on a, on a decision. And, and it's just, a, it's just, I mean, I, I think that kind of fits within their, their business model as well. Right. I mean, they're, they're technology solutions for, you know, fortune 500, fortune 200 companies. And so, um, so they're, 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 they're doing the right thing. And I think they took that, that trait from their business side and took it over to the sports sponsorship side. And it's, it's so far, it's a home run. Yeah, absolutely. Scott, where can people buy tickets? Can they get involved still? Is there volunteer opportunities? Sell it a little bit on that end for us that we can we can kind of promote it for you guys. Yeah, we're we're um, we're we're pretty well closed on volunteers, but we we could take a couple of last you know last second ones if we did. But um, you know, if you go to founderscup.com. All the information is there for you. All the ticket opportunities. We still have some hospitality ticket sales out there. We've got daily. We got weeklies. Uh, you know, one of the cool things that, that you see at all the LPJ events and, and some other golf tournaments as well is, is um, you know, uh, juniors 17 and under get in free with a paid adult. So, um, you know, so, so you know, for me, kind of like you, my I'm raising two daughters, like I could buy, you know, a ticket for my wife and I, and then we can bring our daughters along to go to go have a, a fun day out of the out of the golf course. So um, we, we try to make our ticket prices very, um, very approachable. You know, we don't want to we, we're not we want everybody to come in. We want to be as inclusive as possible um and we've got some different opportunities so if you're if you want to come in and you want to get a 24 person suite to be able to host and entertain some clients on a day we've got we've got a couple of those left if you and some buddies want to grab some tickets to our pioneer pavilion where you know you can come and hang out and and you know the drinks are flowing the food's good and we got you know the pioneer pavilion you actually can watch two greens and two teas um, from, from the, from the little perch that you're on. So, I mean, it's, um, we, we got a lot of different options for everybody. And, and as you said, that's what you're trying to get. You're trying to get, you know, the family kids come in free, you get something for the corporate sponsors, something for the guys that are looking to, you know, get a little more rowdy than, than, uh, you know, and outside of the family. So that, that's great. Excellent stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and, and also too, uh, on Saturday, we're going to have our junior clinics. So we're going to have the USGA, we're going to have the New Jersey golf foundation. We're going to have our girls golf national chapter team and a local chapter team come out there. So, um, and then we also have our LPGA professionals that are going to be doing a, a free 10 minute lesson on site. So uh, Saturday is the day to come out without a doubt. And, um, and we, we're going to play until 7 p.m. on Saturday. So you can come out, you can hang out with us all day. You can the kids can run around and, and do the junior clinics The uh, mom and dad can jump over and get a 10 minute lesson from an LPGA professional. Oh, by the way, you can go hop on the golf course and watch, you know, some of the best players in the world play. And, you know, we've, and we've got all these little spots and you can grab something to drink and eat and hang out. And so, um, so we're, we're just trying to make it where it's a fun and engaging time for, for everybody as soon as you step on site. 
Yeah, and like you said, the benefits of having 27, that you can spread things like that out. That's good. Um, obviously, we're a New Jersey golf podcast, so so I'm, I'm going to ask it nationally as well. But but where in New Jersey? You, you come here, you trying to get out anywhere specific, or is there somewhere that kind of kind of you hold in, in nice regard there? Yeah, I, I haven't been able to play a lot of golf outside of Mountain Ridge and, and Upper Montclair, to be honest with you. But uh, my short list is Sleepy Hollow, Bayonne. Um, I definitely want to get out and play Liberty at some point. I mean, um, you know, and, and um, you know, Baltus Raw is, is definitely, you know, there's so many good golf courses up there. I mean, it's like when I started doing my research when we were moving from Arizona, man, you guys are flush with golf courses up there. And, um, and it's, and, it, and there's so many that have so much history and, you know, to them. I mean, you know, there's been so many just great golf tournaments. And then there's, there's this hidden gems like a mountain Ridge where you just don't know about, but then you walk on property and you're like, Whoa, this is, this is really good. So um, I, I grew up in Atlanta. I grew up down South and I, I you know, I don't, you know, I, I didn't get to grow up in the country club world, but man, when I step on some of those properties up there, you can just feel the history. You walk through the clubhouses, it, you, you're, it's, it's a gold mine for golf. And I got to start spending more time in New Jersey. It, it, you really do. Mike and I talk about it often that like, Yes, you have Plainfield and Balti and Bayonne and Liberty, and you like without taking a breath, you could name eight top golf courses. But then there's also so many others, like you said, like Mountain Ridge, where it's tucked away, and and um, you know there, there's so many other great ones that are never mentioned in those breaths that are just so good. Like Mike got to play last year, and and I love it too. The Ridge at Backbrook is an amazing one. There's uh, there's there's just so many of those that just like you for oh like that's just as good as this and just yeah there's New Jersey we we, yeah. we have uh, I mean you could keep right, going you yeah. got you got Somerset Hills yep. Canoe Brook like we literally could go up the East Coast to down to the South to the West and be like well I mean we literally could have this anyway right, yeah I, mean, I was Galloway just, National I was just all the way down I was just thinking around Upper Montclair like trying to stay north that's yeah a, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so um. <laughs> It's crazy. What, what about it is crazy. what about nationally? You got one that that when you're in an area you like to try to hit that kind of, you know, maybe maybe use some muscle. Hey, I work for the LPGA. Can I can I get a tie? Is there is there one is there one nationally that you like more than you know hits home? To uh, you know, it, it's it's a layup, but I mean, Bandon to me was the first time I got to go up to Bandon Dunes was a was a pretty much a religious experience oh, to be honest with yeah. you. I, I haven't had that much fun in four days in in a long long time um but i the, the the one course that i haven't been able to play yet and i'm like i said i'm an atlanta guy i go to hilton head and i used to when we lived on the on the east coast uh i want to play kiowa island so i think i think next time i get back to back to the state of south carolina i want to i want to try to sneak over to kiowa um i, I you know I, I i haven't been able to play pebble yet you know there's there's just so many good golf courses that that i want to get out on um but i, I always say you know when, when i when i hang up this uh, tournament director business maybe i'll still have some ends and some contacts <laughs> and maybe i maybe start playing golf yeah. for a while. <laughs> did you do bandon as like a, a buddy's trip did you do a family was there a, was there an event there that i that i missed what was the what was up at bandon uh, we yeah, it was just four four guys, you know, celebrating, you know, some birthdays and and just it was a good way to just kind of disconnect and and we got to play all the all the clubs and just kind of bounced around and went to punch bowl in the evenings and just I mean it's it's um you know my daughters say Disneyland is is their happy place well Banda Dunes is my happy place so okay yeah I looked not that I looked seriously into going 
but you like fly in and then it's still like a two hour drive, right? Am I not like it's in the middle yeah. of nowhere. Like it's tough to get to. But it's worth it. It's yeah. it's worth it. You That's know. what everybody it's says. We we actually we flew in we flew into Portland and then went and played Edgewater where we where the tour the LPJ tour plays. Um, and, uh, so we, yeah, we kind of kicked it off. We landed, we went out and we, we got 18 in and then we, when we drove out there, um, and then, you know, we got there pitch black dark. And then when you wake up the next morning and it's just, it's just, just, uh, there's something special about it. And, uh, you know, you're on the coast and, um, and you're just away from everything. Like, so it's just, uh, it's a special place. Awesome. My last question. I usually ask, you know, people we have on like that are playing competition golf, what are their superstitions? You know, like, do you have to have two T's in a pocket or, or anything like that? And you can feel free to answer that if you want to, but quite frankly, probably no one cares because you're not very a competitive golfer. But is there something that you do, like, leading into a tournament, like, Thursday morning this tournament's going to start? Is there something you did Wednesday night or, or Thursday morning that you're going to be like, okay, w- this tournament's going to kick off the right way? Or is there something that you, that you do there? Um, I, I, I'm always on the first tee for the first tee ball on Thursday. That's, that's, that's my thing. It's like, I, I want to be on there. I want to see the first group that goes off. I want to just kind of take it all in. It's usually seven, seven Oh five in the morning. Sun's just creeping up. Um, you know, the golf course is pristine and it's just kind of that, that it's that calm before the storm. And that's kind of, that's, so that's one of the things that I like to do is, uh, is Thursday morning. I always like to hit up the first tee, watch the first group go off number one. And, and that just kind of in my mind said, okay, like, you know, the, the parties are over. It's now into competition and, and let's, let's see how this plays out over the next four days. Kind of we're off, you know, like the, like the buzzer at the track is just the gates yeah. are open. We're, we're going. Yeah. I, I love it. I, my last question is, is, I can get sometimes caught up being such a fanboy of everybody. Like I see certain people and I'm like, dude, by the way, that's so-and-so like, and being someone in your position where you see these amazing athletes so often, do you ever catch yourself and be like, my, oh my, there goes Nelly Corda, like the best golfer. Like do, do things like that ever, like, like something ever pinch you and be like, wow, like, can you really believe like this is my job? Yeah, uh, it, it, it happens a lot. I mean, we, we obviously are able to keep the professional, you know, mentality of it. Of, of we're here to do a job and we're, we're going that way. For but, sure. Um, but to me, the, the, and, and, and my guy, you know, you probably share this same thing. I mean, like I'm just raising two daughters. So whenever they come and they spend time on at a tournament with me, um, you know, my youngest is named Alexis. She goes by Lexi. So Lexi Thompson is her favorite player. So um, I, I have tons of photos that Lexi will graciously take with my, my daughter. And I've never seen my youngest daughter light up more than that. So to me, that's the cool thing about it. Um, and, and it's cool to get to know like the families and the parents like, uh, the, you know, the Hendersons, you know, and, and, and Brooke and, and her sister that are out there. And then you got, I got to meet her, her parents when Brooke was just coming on tour and, um, you know, and, and, and you just, you're there to help. You're there to, you know, you're there to also to realize that, look, this is a job for them. And, and, you know, this is, this, we're all in this together. And um, so it is, I mean, I've, I've, I've worked events over in Korea and I got to see how the fandom for women's golf over in Korea. I mean, the, the, the Korean athletes are more popular than the men over in Korea. And, and they're so like, they're, they're, it's just such an insane thing to see. 
And when you're, when you're kind of like, you're in that position, right. And you're like, I mean, there's so many people that would love to be able to like be standing next to MB or so young or NG Chun or something like that. Like, yeah, you kind of just say, this is, this is super cool. And, um, you know, and I, like I said, I just feel very fortunate that, um, that I get to do what I do. Um, and, and I wake up every day, just, just, you know, excited to go to work and kind of see how we can keep this train going. That's amazing. Yeah, it really is. It, it's nice to hear that they're open and willing to to help you out on a personal level too to take a picture like that because it just makes the experience for not only, you know, your daughters but everybody, you know, a full one. Yeah. It, it seems like they're willing and and more than willing to go the extra mile at those events from what I've seen, take pictures, to shake hands, to do all that kind of stuff. I think that's Someone's definitely something the LPGA has over the PGA as far as yeah. their members. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of, some of the most approachable athletes you, you'll ever, you'll ever come across. And, and, um, you know, I've, I've, I've had the fortune of, you know, being around, you know, a lot of different athletes, you know, just being in sports marketing for 20 plus years. And, uh, and by far this is, this group is just, they get it and they, they understand, you know, that, um, that they could, they could sign an autograph for a young girl that, that, that could, that could just turn them into the, to the next, you know, golf theme, right. That's like, they, they can't get enough of the range. They can't get enough of this. And, you know, it's just, so it's just, it's, it is a really cool story and that, and that happens across the board, but it's just, we get to see it up close and personal. And that that's really special to me. I can't thank you enough for, for giving us some time tonight. And, and I can't thank you enough for inviting us to media day. You know, I, I can't lie. We were two nervous people having no clue really what to do, what to say, where to stand, but everybody there was welcomed us with open arms. That was incredible. As if we were somebody. As if we were somebody. And we know at the end of the day we're just two guys that want to play, talk golf, and experience things, all things golf in the Garden State. So, you know, I just want to personally thank you for, for the invite out there. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you came. And, my, and Ryan, Ryan, obviously, uh, you, you had one of the questions of the, you know, for, for, for Kate, you know, with your, with your education background. Yeah. So, uh, but that's, that, that's what it's all about is, um, you know, is, is, I mean, you guys have a platform, you got a great thing going here. I wish you continued success and, and um, just very appreciative that you, you wanted to hear me tell, tell my story. So, um, you know, not, not, not a lot of people want to hear it. So I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, Scott, this was awesome. It was a pleasure meeting you, hanging out afterwards and, and getting to see and experience all that. Again, as Mike said, we're just, two guys but it was really it was really a special day for us so really thank you yeah same here same here i mean i i, I couldn't we couldn't have asked for a better day on, on and off the golf course on tuesday so um you know and hey listen let's 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 take that weather let's roll it into uh you know the week of may 8th through the 14th out at upper montclair and you know um plenty of tickets still available we don't you know, that's a good thing about golf tournaments right we don't really sell out so, yeah. uh, you know, so keep coming you know but um, but no, we're we're excited to be back. We we've got a stellar field, um, and I think uh, I think the product that uh, is on the golf course and the enhancements that we made off the golf course, I think everybody's going to really enjoy it this year. Terrific, awesome. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. Good luck with everything. All right, guys. Take care. Thank you. Thanks, Scott. All right, bye bye. See you, buddy.